Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Francisco Panizza. I'm from the government department, and I'll be chairing this meeting. Uh, it is my privilege to introduce the Foreign Minister of Uruguay, Ambassador Luis Almagro. Uh, Ambassador Almagro is married. He has seven children, and he is a career diplomat and a lawyer. He joined the Foreign Ministry in 1987, and he has occupied different positions in the ministry and abroad. Um, he has been uh, posted to Iran and Germany, and more recently he was ambassador to the People's Republic of China. And since the 1st of March 2010, he's the foreign minister of the government of President uh, Jose Pepe Mujica. Uh, his uh, presentation today is titled The International Insertion of Uruguay in the World. Ambassador. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I see that there are some people that we can apply this phrase of uh, if you don't like soup, two plates. <laughs> I have seen some of these faces this morning in London Stock Exchange. And uh, when we received uh, the duty of being foreign minister of Uruguay, we thought that uh, we have to base our action on five pillars. These five pillars were the first of them, the uh, basic principles of international policy and international law. Those that we all here may agree, like um, respect of environment, respect uh, good faith in international relations, uh, promotion of democracy, uh, not uh, intervention, and all this that you may count 18 or 20. We thought that the second pillar should be that of uh, promoting uh, exports and uh, attracting investment. The third one was the reform the form of the state and make our foreign service more efficient and according to the times. The fourth one was uh, the principle of uh, uh, giving priority to the relations of those Uruguayans uh, that uh, are living abroad. Our country used to be, uh, used to attract migration and that was uh, like that till 1970 to the 70s. Since then, uh, a lot of Uruguayans have uh, flew away, and most of them, yeah, are still sort of connected to the country. But we have 600,000 Uruguayans living abroad, and we want to strengthen our connection with them. <coughs> the fifth of these pillars was uh, integration, and uh, is how we work in the region, and how we are functional to what uh, the region wants to, to achieve. That means uh, Mercosur region or UNASUR. That means to be able to to read the regional situation and to and to contribute for its uh, good. Today I woke up and the first thing I read was this phrase: Latin America is more important than ever for the prosperity and the security and it will become more important in the future. It's worth more to Latin America than to China. 
And that Latin America has managed to weather the global economic downturn better than other regions. That was said by uh, President Obama yesterday in Chile. And that is uh, what we want to to talk about because that is why maybe you have called us and that's maybe is the reason why the eyes are on Latin America for have been on Latin American for quite a while. Um, in Uruguay, we are part of MERCOSUR, that is the most serious integration project that we have ever had. And we are members of UNASUR. In fact, we were the ninth, ninth country to ratify the UNASUR Treaty. And that makes uh, UNASUR a valid treaty. Uh, since the beginning of our uh, government, we wanted to um, strengthen what was the MERCOSUR agenda. And we have something in, in mind that was be able to finish the agenda of Mercosur that has at least uh, seven years of negotiations. For, exa for example, the Common Customs Law, the uh, elimination of the double uh, charging of uh, external the common external tariff. We wanted to finish the negotiations related to Aquifero Guarani, <coughs> and we wanted to have a, a, a structural funds that were functional to the elimination of asymmetries. Uh, that all that ha was achieved in uh, June uh, last year in the summit of San Juan of Mercosur. That means that uh, Mercosur for the second semester of the year had to cre recreate a new agenda <coughs> that was mainly focused on uh, social issues. Uh, this uh, integration project has also a bigger, a wider uh, view, that is UNASUR. UNASUR is an organization that uh, has proved itself very useful, in the, at, even when it was not a valid treaty. Um, but it was the one that resolved the crisis in, uh, in Bolivia, that uh, was uh, mainly dealing with the cessation of, of Santa Cruz to resolve the crisis, uh, that uh, border crisis between Colombia and Ecuador in the Defense Council of UNASUR, resolved another coming crisis that was the one between the borders of Colombia and, and, and Venezuela, and finally resolved the institutional crisis in Ecuador. All that was done by UNASUR in the first year. So now we have this treaty, now we have a new Secretary General, Colombian one for the first year, Venezuelan one for the second year, and that also is in itself important, because uh, how was seen our continent for quite a while that we had our little Cold War there between Colombia and Venezuela, and suddenly settled and suddenly fixed, and suddenly we have to say that the role that uh, President Santos has played is the maybe the most important that we have seen in many years in the continent has completely changed the logic of how we relate to each other, the, the different countries. But uh, we wanted also to uh, uh, make a stronger the um, 
external agenda of Mercosur. That was one of the main purposes. And this external agenda of Mercosur uh, somehow moved. But at the beginning, when we took duties as foreign minister, there were no negotiations with any of the three biggest markets in the world. Mercosur was sort of quiet. No negotiations with the uh, European Union, no negotiations with the states, no negotiations with, with China, the three top markets in the world. There we were, very quiet, not dealing with any of them. <coughs> uh, we relaunched uh, for the sixth time the negotiations with the European Union, and there we go. According to the schedule, the round, different rounds of negotiations, we should finish during our presidency pro tempore in July this year, so hope this time will definitely have a result. That will change, will change the logic too of how we relate with the European Union. And we really hope that uh, Europeans and, and Mercosurians, they will see this as an opportunity, the opportunity to create the biggest economic association in the world. Because that is what uh, European Union and Mercosur will be if we if we can make this disagreement. And if we see the the big picture, that should be good enough. So good enough to overcome any uh, any shortcoming of any country, any short view or short sight of any country, any selfish interest of any country. And we really hope that this will that putting together the biggest uh, food and agricultural production region in the world with the most refined machinery of uh, uh, agricultural protection in the world is not an easy task, but uh, is something that we have to we have we have to try to do it. And I wanted to to pick up and continue with. Uh, with a, a phrase of a Spanish philosopher, Jose Antonio Marina, to the some we, some months ago, I quoted him in an interview, saying that uh, Marina said that uh, we are more intelligent societies and we are therefore they had we had more stupid societies, and between them we have to mention those who do not respect human rights, and without prejudice to its practical applicability. Today I wanted to regain some more of Jose Antonio Marina, in particular in that says that marks the appearance of trade as uh, the most important innovative creation of social intelligence because it allowed communication between different tribes at the moment. Now we can say Mercosurian tribe and European Union tribe from different languages and between distant cultures. In trade, under normal circumstances, there are no winners or losers. The two sides stand to gain, and this discovery has been a spectacular advance of civilization. It has opened the borders and forced the understanding with foreign countries. In ancient Greece, there is uh, the more the most important figure of the Xenos, the host friend who ensured the security of the trader in a strange territory. Trade unites people to each other through the mutual benefit. 
trade can be considered one of the main forms of social intelligence because it allows a kind of cooperation beneficial to all parties involved and can increase social capital. It is clear that like many great inventions that uh, promote action of human beings also increases the chances of bad human actions like we can call colonial depredation, colonial depredations are massacres for diamonds. But these are just the generations of trade. Trade in itself is good. And it's how we, what we insert in the world, how it can be uh, the insertion, how can work the, a country work like Uruguay working in the world. And what you do is that what you promote in the world is the country that you have. What you negotiate in the world is the country that you have. 30 or 40 years ago, South Korea, of course, had a different uh, foreign policy strategy, a foreign trade strategy, was based on different uh, items and was based on a different country. Finally, we have a developed country there in South Korea and their strategy has completely changed. So what you insert in the world is the country that you have. The country that you can promote is the country that you have. And what we try to be as a country, and what we are as a country. What we try to be as a country is that uh, we believe that society must be just and society must be fair. <coughs> this increases our security and security of the region, ensures political stability. The social equation of the country must be positive and the country must work hard to resolve it in that way. Uruguay is the country in Latin America that uh, distributes the better in the continent that is the worst that distributes in the world. So we are the champions of the fourth league. That is not something uh, to be so proud but um, could, be, could be worse of course. But uh, still, if you see it in that way, we, we see that there are goals to be reached still. And, and there we are. We have extreme poverty of 1.2%, something like 40,000 Uruguayans are living under those conditions. We want to smash down that figure in the next, uh, in the next four years. We have 18.9% uh, of poverty we want to reduce that figure to half that make it a one-digit poverty rate. And that will be good for everybody. We will be able to walk safer in the streets, of course. The country is, sort, is a safe country you know, in many ways, but will be much better. But also we have to attack some figures that are not so great in the country. Something like 56% of the under 16 people live in uh, marginal areas. That means that we have to have a, an affirmative action related to poverty and related to education to fix that situation. If we don't do it, of course, that will bounce back against Uruguay in the near future. But we are working on that and investment in education it has been the main the main issue in the budget 
and the, the thing that we have di discussed the most and where we we are fixing more goals to to achieve we are want we want also to <coughs> this education to, to solve something like uh, can be in the long term to stratify our our society something that is sort of common in non-developed countries developing countries Uruguay has a population that uh, something like one third can compete very well very well anywhere in the world in any labor market in the world can be among the best qualified people that you can find around we have one third that are very good for the region and everywhere and we want uh, we have one third that we really have to work on to make it to make it sound for the future to make it good for the future this is um, what we have in the second the second term that is sort of what we i have seen yesterday in financial times uh, has been related to uh, boosting education and skills and improving management and expanding innovation plus some other measures talent in Uruguay is available as I said you have it you have it now the workforce in Uruguay is qualified makes uh, the production process better more competitive it's how we have gained most of the investment that have come to Uruguay we don't have this energy or mineral resources that they attract uh, a lot of uh, investment for everywhere what attracts is, rela is related to what we have achieved as population and related to our investment in human resources for example the software industry in Uruguay is the one that is export more per capita in the in South in Latin America we ex we speak some some languages around man of course Portuguese is, is next yeah, Brazil is next to us but uh, English and some other languages that are not so common to find them available around. We we have some very good logistic connections as a country. As I said, we are part of Mercosur, <coughs> and our connections there are very good. We live in a in a region that is sort of developed. If we see Buenos Aires itself is a developed country, something like thirty thousand dollars per capita income that is a developed place in the world just 20 minutes from Montevideo Montevideo itself is something <laughs> that is uh, pretty much developed uh, we have uh, one of the richest parts of Brazil next to us uh, we have all this connection that is structured in a vertical way <coughs> if we count what Uruguay those that were today in the London Stock Exchange could see the, 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 the graphic of Puntigliano, of the hinterland of Montevideo, and that is moves in a vertical way. It goes from southern Argentina to, north, uh, to Paraguay, and that is the way that Uruguay integrates better to, to the region. 
because of how the rivers move down and they have the air exits through the river, the river plate, or how you have the better connection to a port to export uh, to to other region. The logistic connections are, are very are very good, and it's and, and maybe hard to imagine another country uh, in South America that whose uh, geographical location offers so many advantages at the from the standpoint of any any kind. Legal security, we respect the law, that is a trademark of Uruguay and is in our favor against us, we respect the law. Even if we lose economically, we respect the law, we respect the contracts, Uruguayans themselves, the common Uruguayans anywhere, respect the contracts, respect the law. It's a, it's a guarantee for everybody not to be deprived of your investment or for what you expect to be your tax of your investment. We respect the laws of economics. No, no country can function in the path of development uh, if it goes against the laws of economics. And that those countries that they have tried in the past, however big they were, could be China, could be the state in the past, they have to move back to the laws of economics, and you have to respect that. Uruguay lives in the margin of uh, zero margin error. We have to we have to work it in that way because we don't have the natural resources that some other countries in Latin America have. So that we we just we don't have where to put the hand in to take out when crisis comes. So we have to be careful and very tidy related to that. In all the financial and macroeconomic and fiscal transparency is a, is a must. We have an effective infrastructure, electricity, telecommunication, port, airports. That is good for our connections to, to the world. Tourism is not so bad. You may have learned about some uh, <coughs> touristical resource in Uruguay, something called Punta del Este, or Plaza Montosa, or Juan Ignacio, or Colonia del Sacramento. All these are nice places to, to visit, and Uruguay attracts uh, a lot of a lot of tourism and a lot of investment in tourism. We we have to be a, a serious country. We can't afford, as a country, not to be serious. We have to always take responsible and very firm decisions that are not in any in any way. Uh, against what uh, we call the principle of, uh, of international relations or the principles of uh, international law. International law is our shelter for a small country that is a very basic and important and important principle to work. We uh, want to have a stronger relation, of course, with Europe. We want to have a stronger relations with United Kingdom. We are very grateful for what you have done in Uruguay. Most of the economic structure that the country held along the 20th century came from from uh, from the, United, the British, the United Kingdom. Uh, what we, the country how it was organized, the communication system, telegraph, the the port, the uh, meat factories, and all this was organized by the British in order to export here 
corned beef and and to sustain some of your with leather some of your industries. So it it worked well. It's worked very well for Uruguay so far. Britain was ruling. Then the adaptation was not so easy for Uruguay. So we missed you. <laughs> <laughs> we need a, a second wave of uh, British investment in Uruguay. And we hope can come in any shape, but it uh, would be good if it comes to in some sectors like uh, uh, yeah, like energy, like um, infrastructure, like um, agriculture. Some agriculture is still we owe you a lot. Uh, we have a, our famous beef around the world is uh, Hereford and Verdinango, so even that is owed to 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 your country. Uh, a lot to to work in the financial uh, and, uh, the service sector in general can be fin financing or can be logistics and uh, uh, <coughs> mining definitely so uh, Uruguay is a country that could remove from it from a couple of years some three three years ago some austerity measures that we had this this budget we are we're investing a lot but uh, we have how to bucket and and that is very important uh, but uh, we are not playing uh, any zero-sum game around the world we see how we can grow and how we can develop we uh, we have uh, we have a market too we have to say it Mercosur is a big market we don't see it as a market they are brothers more than neighbors brothers and we have worked in that way for quite a while some some shortcomings of any side have brought sometimes the relation to some up and downs but uh, we are in the boy a phase that we are marching high we have uh, we have done some reforms in the in the in the past years we simplified taxation for example we reformed <coughs> health those are and we reform education uh, always you can discuss about these issues and a lot of complaining of course but uh, it worked well so far the country kept growing since 2004 <coughs> so far the country has the lowest unemployment rate uh, ever in history of 5.4 our companies and entrepreneurship are very uh, very daredevils today. You have some of them here in the in the in 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 this room, and they are they are working hard and well. But uh, of course, that have been helped by some foreign direct investment that in the past years was very, very, very important and has been the record of foreign direct investment have been broken year after year in Uruguay. We have a lot to do yet that is uh, the most relevant part and uh, and of course we want to do it in an integrated region and we want to do it uh, with an economic association at least with the European <coughs> Union so there we are we uh, we need uh, the rest of the world in the rest of the world there is some um, 
a lot of knowledge that we don't have, science and technology and innovation, things that most developed countries have achieved and we are uh, not so far behind and we are able to learn fast, as we have proved in football. <laughs> British were there and they taught us how to play football. They founded an extinct team, <laughs> the Central Uruguay Railway Cricket Club, that disappeared. <laughs> then uh, disappeared when they had to face the Club Nacional de Football. So <laughs> then came another team that was called Penadoy, sorry, Peñarol. <laughs> that <laughs> Peñarol that also was transformed into something called Ficus Capital. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but in any case, we, you introduced football to Uruguay and, uh, and we won the first world championships. That, that partnership worked very well. <laughs> we'll be back, we'll be back uh, to Olympic Games after 1928. Next year in London, 1912. We, played, uh, we participated in football in 1924 and 1928 in the Olympic Games. Both times we won. Uh, so that uh, we expect to do the same 1912, uh, 2012. <laughs> so no mean referees this time, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Minister. Um, we have about 20 minutes for questions. I will take a round of two or three questions if you can identify yourself <laughs> and then I will... Don't give the word to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the right there, uh, yellow shirt. Yeah, you... Yellow shirt. Yeah, you. Okay. No, I'm checking it on the camera. Thank you very much, Prime Minister. My name is Bao uh, Fengxi. I'm a Chinese student studying international political economy here. Uh, my question is, uh, the, uh, the Obama uh, administration is trying to maintain the uh, position of hegemony in South America, to pay more effort and uh, attention on that. In the uh, past few weeks, so we have seen that. And uh, on the other hand side, the emerging markets, emerging economy like China, is inserting more influence in the region. So I hold the Uruguay keep a balance between uh, Washington consensus and the Beijing consensus uh, at this time. And the second question is, is uh, I noticed you served as an ambassador to, to China before uh, you went back to Uruguay to take the position of foreign minister. So uh, could you comment on the China and Uruguay relations in the past and in the future? Thank you very much. Um, yes, here um, in the middle row. Um, <coughs> here, yeah. Um, I want to have a question because you spoke a lot about the investment and you want more foreign direct investment in the future from the EU. And I was wondering how big is European investment at the moment in Uruguay? Um, there in the back, near the Board, yeah, yeah. <coughs> uh, hello, um, my name is Paul Ragnitz. Hi, you're quick. You cannot hear. Uh, here, yeah, yeah. Yes. My name is Paul Ragnitz, and I'm a student of the Institute for the Study of the Americas here in London. Um, so I have two questions. Uh, the first question is, 
regarding this economic context of the global economic uh, turndown and um, Spanish crisis in particular that has um, has shown us a great number of return migration um, to Uruguay, uh, return returning migrants. And I would like to know how prepared is Uruguay to cope with this particular phenomenon. And also I have a second question, uh, which is a, a, a question regarding the death of President Kirchner in the context of regional integration. <coughs> I would like you to know, uh, to tell us, Minister, if you can um, measure the relative weight of this death in, in the regional context. Thank you very much. Okay, yes, fourth question there. Yeah. My name is Roberto Velo. I am actually from Bureau. I've been living here for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the is actually, you, you were talking about the uh, Mercosur as a brotherhood. However, sometimes it seems that for the big partners there, Argentina and Brazil, uh, it's only part a brotherhood when it's um, you know convenient for them. I mean, just to mention that our main bridge to between Uruguay and Argentina has been blocked for quite a long time, and that sounds absolutely incredible. And uh, you know, so and, and that's actually because Uruguay trying to make a, a point about setting up a new industry in you know, um, uh, which is the the the, the, the paper mill factory. So that's one thing. The other question is about Venezuela, actually a, a big player in the region but also with a controversial figure there that is uh, somehow uh, introducing some concerns about, you know, in Europe and in the United States about his dealings with uh, Iran and, you know, so how can uh, that can somehow gay crush any intentions of the smaller Latin American countries into doing proper business with, you know, uh, the Western world? <coughs> okay, I see you have quite a large bunch. We we make another round later. If you yeah. Want to. Okay. Yes, yeah, we we'll make a second round. been very very important the relation uh, for Uruguay has been very important the relation with China and uh, <coughs> and that is answers also your your first uh, your first question is uh, we don't have to choose between China and uh, and the states so we don't have to choose about uh, emerging economies and and uh, and the states of developed countries or European Union it works uh, well if we work with with everybody thinking that uh, uh, taking the most important part that we can achieve with everybody the relations between uh, Latin America and the state have been under the sign of uh, of course of hegemony for quite a quite a while uh, and but uh, these things I, I will not say have changed <coughs> completely, but the, their specific weight in the region is, is not the same. Like it's, uh, and it works in a different manner than they used to be in the past. And uh, and for that, for for us, that is the most uh, relevant uh, relevant point. 
we, we would like to be equals, of course, and for that we have to be sort of, of together. Will not work if we're any country like uh, Uruguay or uh, or the biggest country in, in, in South America tries to to face the the states and challenge this hegemonic um, role that the state the states played in the past and may play in the future. But uh, economically, for example, is a different weight these days. Uh, Politically, is a different way these days, and um, the the conditions of the Cold War has completely changed in the in the recent past, and the way that South America is seen or is operating is a very much in an, on an independent track. If we see a an union leader like like Lula achieve the presidency of Brazil, and Indian indigenous leader of Bolivia achieved the, Evo Morales achieved the presidency of Bolivia. A former Tupamaro achieved the presidency, uh, reached the presidency in Uruguay. Uh, that uh, that all hegemonic uh, oligarchic classes in in uh, in uh, in Latin America are facing. Uh, hard challenges from inside their countries or sometimes these positions have been reverted. And I think that it shows that uh, in the international arena uh, our countries are trying to find their, their way too and is doing what is more convenient to their interest. <coughs> and what has been very important for example after the financial crisis in 2008 or even during the European crisis in two. 2010, how we uh, we related to to the world. In that sense, was very important for Uruguay, for example, the 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 Chinese market and the regional market uh, <coughs> exports exports to the the states went down something like 34 percent from one year to the other. Exports to Europe, European countries went down. From 24 to 38 uh, percent, considering the top 20 markets of Uruguay, but our exports to China grew 34 percent. That maybe we ho because we had a great ambassador there at that time. <laughs> 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 but uh, maybe too because uh, th we were helped by the, the the economic conditions of of China, their stimulus plan. Same worked for some other Asian countries that completely changed the the, the, the way we, we related to, to Asia. No, uh, for example, in the top four markets of uh, in Asia, Uruguay has just one embassy, uh, and um, there are like Vietnam and Singapore. We didn't we didn't have embassy, uh, so we have to rearrange and readjust immediately our. Our relations to these to these countries and follow the track of ec economic and, and entrepreneurship. So it's, uh, the balance is kept by itself by the seriousness of our positions and um, and the responsibility of our politics and how we do the things. And uh, the, we don't have to uh, 
to to please anybody or we don't have to uh, offend anybody we just follow the the interest and that is the most uh, the most uh, relevant part the relation with china is is very important for uh, for uruguay and uh, and 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 it's important for most of the countries in in latin america uh, we we of course expect that uh, that uh, the the Chinese example, for example, sometimes most most of Chinese investments in uh, in Africa, or sometimes in Latin America, are have been in uh, in uh, mineral or natural resources. But uh, our experience in Uruguay has been that they have done investment in new industrial and productive sectors like uh, uh, car makers, biochemicals, agrochemicals. So there we have a, a potential that allows us to, to, to grow too. Of course, we have to keep in mind the symmetries. I mean, for China, it's nothing to send something like 3 million Chinese to Uruguay. Mm -hmm. But counting that we are 3.3 million people, uh, I mean, that can't work. It can't work. And, uh, and that is how you, uh, we, find we have to find the balance in, in the relation. But, uh, we have seen that uh, China has been very respectful of this, and uh, and and we are very 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 pleased with the the relation. I I try to cut here. I uh, more uh, yeah we are uh, in fact European Union is the the top investor in in Uruguay. The, if you count all the countries together, uh, uh, nobody invests more in Uruguay than the European Union. But that means also a responsibility and a track to be kept. I mean, now it's, uh, it's not that you are playing uh, alone this game that you played in the in the 90s. The, now there is uh, a lot of Asian challenge <coughs> that that has to be seen like that. And bec just because it, the, the economy and the trade or investment they move where the growth is, growth is. Is in Latin America there? If we, if we see, if we see uh, Mercosur, for example, we see there that uh, Paraguay has been the country that grew more in the world in 2010, 14 percent. Uh, Uruguay, 8.5 percent, 8.4 percent. That makes the country the fourth in the world, and then Argentina, uh, Brazil, and Argentina. So uh, all above seven percent. So if, uh, of course, if you if you follow the track of business, you go where the economy is growing because you have better possibilities. At least you can grow this seven percent of this ten percent of this fourteen percent. So it's a very natural natural movement. But we have what we have seen is that uh, in the in Uruguay specifically is that. Um, uh, a lot of uh, investment in of the European Union uh, are coming, some of them very relevant, like uh, the pulp mill that was referred today here. A new one is coming in uh, uh, this year. Um, but some industrial activities are mainly related to, to Asia. I mean, in a few years we have had there uh, Nissan, uh, Cherry Lifan, uh, BCCA, it's a biochemical, Chinese biochemical, and um, Antia. 
that makes the, the region quite, uh, you can see very easy that the, 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 the country sort of, of interest for, for, for Asia. So uh, I think that, uh, that is the, the point to, to keep track and to keep your, your, your position. That is very important also for, for Uruguay. The, um, the global economic context of, of downturn and the return of uh, migration to Uruguay, uh, and how well prepared we are. We, are, we try to, to prepare ourselves that uh, Uruguay numbers are never very big, so that, that's why you always talk in percentage. I'll give you a story. Uh, if we count the uh, Uruguayans that uh, have reported themselves in our foreign office uh, in the month of January, were 300 Uruguayans. That means something like will be something like 3,000 Uruguayan returning in the year, mainly for from from Europe, mainly from Spain, and also some Uruguayans that are have been ex uh, expelled from the from the states. This um, <coughs> we have some good conditions, as I said, we have the lowest unemployment rate in the history of Uruguay, 5.4, and uh, we have uh, some sectors that uh, will definitely grow in the next years. For example, the immobilian sector uh, will real estate that will create something like 15,000 posts in the next. Uh, Four years. That is a huge, uh, that uh, <coughs> huge quantity that allow us to absorb these uh, these Uruguayans. Re some of these Uruguayans returning to Uruguay, and uh, and of course we are trying to create conditions for them too. Uh, for example, uh, we have uh, assured them their uh, the health insurance for one year since they are they are re they arrived to back to Uruguay in order that they don't have to complicate their minds if I'm covered or not covered. They are, they are uh, for one year, or before, if they find a job before, of course, that uh, then, then is <coughs> we are trying to create a, um, a system of uh, um, guarantees for rent, for renting, uh, related to housing, uh, subsidies for housing, uh, we are uh, education. We have simplified the uh, the procedures in order to to uh, get these uh, children of Uruguayans when they they reach back Uruguay to to the educational system. Uh, so we we sort of have we we are creating the conditions to to get them back, and and we. I don't say we are very pleased that they have to come back because those that they have to come back are those that they have to or because of looking for economic uh, uh, better economic conditions than what they have in, in the countries where they live now but we try to uh, to <coughs> avoid the, the situation that they can be double migrants migrants when they uh, they went away and migrants when they, they are coming back we are trying to fix that uh, The, the death of, uh, of, uh, of Nestor Kirchner and the relative weight of, uh, in the context of uh, South American integration was, um, was a sort of an 
was an impact, was an impact uh, because it was unex unexpected and because uh, Kirchner worked uh, very hard for to resolve the pending problems that uh, Uruguay <coughs> had with Argentina <coughs> before 2010, and and we re we really worked uh, worked together in order to 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 fix the the previous the previous situation, and we knew that. His commitment to to get a better relation between Argentina and Brazil that is quite relevant to 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 to, to develop uh, integration in the in, in the area, but uh, uh, but uh, and specifically also that at a certain point. Uh, uh, um, Unasur had to face. Uh, some as this this new situation we it took us a while to find another secretary general we finally did and uh, even that how he was very important uh, i think uh, the continent is, is, is in such a dynamic uh, condition and moving forward and developing so fast and the economy doing well and uh, the political stability and peace and democracy in the region are stable. That uh, that was not such a hard impact. It would have been a, a much harder impact in other in other situation, let's say, of, of South America counting some some years and some decades ago. I talked about uh, <coughs> the Mercosur Brotherhood. That is, uh, of course, it's. If we see, and uh, this brotherhood is not just uh, an empty, an empty word. It's, uh, I, I know what I mean when what I say when I say this. The the relations that we have with Brazil and Argentina are relations that we don't have with any other country in the world. Are relations those relations that are related to trade, investment, or political history or uh, family links or financial finances or anything we we just have with Argentina <coughs> Brazil the, the 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 top those two million billion dollars in goods that we export to Mercosur <laughs> and those two billion dollars we in in goods and those two billion dollars we export in services to Mercosur we wouldn't be able to export them anywhere else in the world why? Because our uh, trade equation is sort of funny. The, the more we diversify our markets, the more we concentrate the products. And we, and we export some very few that uh, uh, very close to raw material products. The more we uh, concentrate <coughs> in the market of the region, the more we diversify these products. And that equation has never been fixed so far, even that we are trying very hard, and that's why the presence of our companies here today. But so far, it's still like that. And, uh, and this uh, brotherhood has been very convenient to Uruguay, even in, in the bad days that you have referred. And... Uh, and um, in tourism, in services, and everything has been has been always very convenient. To, has been, has always been very convenient to to Uruguay. We had our bad times, but that bad time is spilled a little bit on other issues. That's true. 
but uh, those we can say that uh, uh, we could fix that because the brotherhood in the end existed and always existed and we have always kept it alive and um, no no matter what we saw that there was a, a solution there was light at the end of the tunnel and, and, and we work it in that way and we finally reach the light uh, Venezuela is a con yeah Venezuela is a controversial country uh, you say it you say it like that and some concern in Europe related to to this and um, you mentioned some of the relations of of Venezuela around <coughs> the world uh, the point is that um, uh, uh, Venezuela has proven also to be a very generous uh, generous country in the context of the region we are uh, our countries are too they are very very close very close to each other uh, of course that it doesn't mean that we have to share all the political opinion of Venezuela we just deal in the common interest of both countries and there is how it should be done and and the way that they deal with their foreign policy is the way that they deal with their foreign policy and the way that they deal with we deal with our foreign policy is the way that we deal with our foreign policy so far uh, Venezuela is part of Mercosur and Venezuela is part of UNESCO <coughs> and that it has not been uh, it's not today a problem for any country of UNASUR to have Venezuela as a member and so far of course it will not be member of MERCOSUR for quite a while because the Paraguayan political equation doesn't allow that uh, but of course uh, uh, when you get into MERCOSUR then you have a better you have a better uh, like uh, UNASUR has proven very, very, uh, very fast that it's able to do so. It's a very important element to, uh, for democracy and for keeping peace in the region. And that uh, we want Venezuela to be on the boat. <coughs> Thank you. Um, that's all we have time for. We have to finish at six sharp, and it's one minute past six. Uh, before we, <laughs> we thank the minister in the usual way with a round of applause, eh, may I ask you to remain seated until the minister has left the theater so they um, can thank him now. Thank you very much for. Uh,